Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, uh, thank you very much for coming out. This is the end of uh, what was a thing that started here because I would come here and put it together and everybody was very good about it and indulgent. And now, I, I've done that. I've come back with more bits of paper. Thanks for coming. The, um, <laughs> I, um, I'm slightly joking, but only slightly. Um, so, um, I, I, I forgot to do bits. <laughs> You were so good, originally, I'd come back and show you the corners and the ends and the underneath of some bits that I forgot to do. The people who get elected tend to be people who um, look like they won't, I suppose they look like they won't break things, you know, or they'll just carry on or they'll provide some sort of familiar pain. The guy they had here in, 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 uh, in Britain, Ed Miliband, was um, a nice man. I think a lot of people thought that. He's not, look, he's a nice man, isn't he? He's the sort of person who'd borrow a rake off. <laughs> and say, I'll bring it back on Saturday or Monday or whatever it is. And you know you're not going to. <laughs> just, it's, it's only Ed. So you're going to, you know, you, whenever. And then the next Saturday rolls around, you still haven't brought it round. And, and then eventually, you know, he's been giving you looks as he drives past in his sensible car. Um, and you go, oh, well, I better do it. And you say, sorry, stuff came up. You don't even try to give an excuse. You just go, some stuff came up. There you go. And um, it's hot. Can I get a glass of water? And he would invite you in and say, he's such a nice person. He'd probably say, do you want to go for tea? And you'd go, yeah. <laughs> and wait for him to offer you one of those little twixes from a multi-pack. <laughs> Which he would do. <laughs> and then you sit down and look around and say, can I, can I stay for a few days? Because <laughs> you know you can push him. He'd go look uncomfortable and go, well, you know, my wife, some of my family members are coming. Look, Ed, don't fuck me around. I want the big room. And he would, you know, he'd gradually cave. He'd just go, well, I, have you got pets? Yeah, I've got pets. Well, what? Cats. How, how many cats? I don't know, Ed. Do I look like a fucking cat counter to you? Sort the room out. You're not finishing this lamb chomp, are you? And, and so a nice man, but politically speaking, an experiment. 
<laughs> we ran away from the lab before they turned around with the really important injection. He broke a hole in the window. He's running around the fields with his hospital gown flapping around his arse, pointing at trees. And <clears throat> that's why he didn't make it, okay? Now, Cameron, whatever else about him, he's not a very interesting person, but whatever else about him, they spent a lot of money on him. He knows what he's doing. It's a very simple act he's got. People like it when you stay in the middle of the road. He comes out, he goes, hey, have you got trousers and teeth? Me too. Let's fix this shit. And people like that. It's reassuring. Okay, it's kind of, but it tells you that we're living in extraordinary times that the fact that you'd even heard of Nigel Farage, okay? who's one of these guys, and they're all over Europe now, the keep people away people. Okay? But he's an extraordinary looking man. You can't ever really trust anybody who always looks like they're about to vomit. It's always a bad sign. <laughs> hey, Nigel, what's up? <laughs> he's always talking about keeping people away, but somebody should have been there at the, through the wormhole in time that he came through and sealed that up and sent him back to the era when gravy was a solid substance on the periodic table. <laughs> Dylan Moran is a highly esteemed and award-winning Irish comedian, writer, author, actor, and filmmaker whose work has been compared to that of William Shakespeare and Oscar Wilde. In a four-star review, The Guardian once said that his comedy takes on an existential dimension as tubby, nicotine-starved, emasculated Moran comes to represent the struggles we all wage for meaning and connection. Not, not sure why they had to describe him as tubby, but those are mostly... Mostly nice words. After a successful tour of Europe, Morin brings his off-the-hook tour to North America, including Canadian dates in Toronto, Ottawa, Halifax, Calgary, Vancouver, and Victoria throughout October and November. Here now for a chat is the wonderful Dylan Morin. Uh, hello, Dylan. How are you? Hey, Vish. I'm good. I'm good. Nice to have you on the show. Now, where in the world are you today? I'm at home in Edinburgh. Oh, how's that, how's that going there? Is everything going well? Yeah, everything is. Uh, we're still here. Everything, the sun is shining, we're still here. We're still in Europe, we're still part of the UK. Yeah. Yeah, is that, is that a good thing for you? How, I don't know what your take is on that situation. I presume you'd like to be part of the uh, EU. Oh, yeah, Europe, yes, Europe. People here, people in Scotland are very keen on Europe. Everybody voted to stay in Europe, while um, just over half people voted to leave it in, uh, in uh, England and Wales. So, yes, traditionally here, people in Scotland are very pro-European. Yes, I appreciate and that. As for being part of the UK, uh, just, yeah, most people want to stay part of the UK as well. So that's where we are here. Right, and what about you personally? What's your take on this? Well, I think it's nuts not to be in, not to be in Europe. It's like um, the, the European question here is kind of like the, you know, in, in Canada, you've got, a, you've got a progressive government at the moment, but in the, in the United States, Trump is there, is sort of their sort of version of Brexit. I think um, it's, uh, people, certain certain angry people want to go time traveling. They think they can go backwards to a brighter day, but um, that is. Uh, I, I said it wouldn't happen here, and I was I was wrong, and I'm really hoping that uh, I'm right when I say it won't happen in America. Well, we are living in this xenophob xenophobic age of Brexit and and Donald Trump. Uh, how have these impacted you as a person and as an artist uh, as you reflect upon what's going on? Well, you know, it's impacted me the same way it's impacted um, anybody who gives a damn, really. You know, the, the people, people who, are, who are angry and who want a uh, simple answer to the incredible complexities of modern life, uh, you know, think they can hitch their wagon to um, the Death Star of Trump 
or, or uh, this isolationist uh, movement that people, people want to get away from Europe. Europe has got loads of problems, obviously, but I don't think... Um, I, I really am amazed at what happened here with Brexit. A lot of people are still amazed. I believe it actually has happened. It seems an incredibly retrogressive kind of move. Um, and it's just... The people hark back to a time when they felt that they knew the world from certain positions. In Britain, it was people um, thinking of the... the the latter days of the British Empire, the sort of winding down of colonialism that was their, informed their childhood when Britain still had a superinflated status in the world for a relatively tiny nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, people hark back to that, that when they, they yearn for the sort of the imagined respect that Britain had at the time. Um, there was a completely different place now, and the, the whole poles of power are you know, in motion as we speak. So that is never coming back. That's just a kind of a wistfulness mixed with a certain kind of anger about feeling you've lost control. Um, but, you know, how does it impact me? It doesn't impact me at all. It doesn't change the flavor of my Cheerios or, you know, what the weather's doing. I mean, in one, in one important sense, it's, it's important not to give a shit because even though it's world-shattering news, it's not really going to uh, impinge on the uh, internal weather you're experiencing. Sure. I mean, you, you hinted at the fact that this is this weird retroactive motion that some people are, are trying to express. I think you'd be naive, we'd be naive to su- suggest that these kinds of sentiments haven't always existed among certain people, but do you have a take on why people, these people in particular, feel so emboldened to express these kind of these terrible instincts it just feels like people feel like they can do that now something open some floodgate open and they can just say whatever they want about anyone do you have a sense of why that's happened well it's just the resurgence of tribalism you know i think it really is the motion of power because you know for the longest time in the anglosphere in canada and america here and you know people white people of a certain age, were uh, were very powerful, and um, and now they're they're less so, and they're having trouble dealing with it. Yeah, and 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 their move is to move backwards to a fabled time. <laughs> of yeah, what they imagine, what they imagine to be a stable time, but um, you know, you can't. Obviously, it's absurd, it's absurd. People just don't want to accept a drop in status. Possibly is the only explanation I can think of for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around why this is why it's. As I say, I think we, I think you're probably of the mind uh, that this has always existed, right? These kinds of thoughts, like you, I don't think bigotry is anything. Yeah, new. I think there's there's a certain ugliness that's come into public discourse now because people feel they have some sort of license to do it because they think that they're in sufficient numbers to be able to say, you know, we want to build walls or we don't want people coming in or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, they're freaked out by the liquid nature of modernity, by the fact that it's constantly transforming. And look at the, you know, the refugee crisis in Europe and population movement and the spillover from uh, the disgusting, dreadful uh, conflict in Syria where people are, you know, what's going on is you know, beyond 
comprehensional. Well, it's a, it's constant. also it's 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 a it's an existential struggle struggle, isn't it? I think people are just trying to figure out what's happening with the uh, you know we're we're constantly faced with fear of the future of the planet, and this I think is one manifestation of that. I mean, whether it's the world, you know, climate change and whatnot this is some other offshoot of that like what are we doing this isn't going to last uh you know the time is finite uh i think that's what's going on as well it, it, it's bolstered this paranoia yeah, you know, it's, it's, it feels like a lot of um uh light bulbs have just uh become a lot brighter in the last 10 years or so there's a lot more transparency there's a lot more uh um, understanding that you know the material world is finite um that here we are you know most people are most people in the in the West are increasingly secular. They don't they haven't uh, they don't believe in some divine system or something. Uh, uh, um, there's no 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 particular entity out there that's especially interested in the fate of us as a species. We're just another you know uh, chapter in the big book of organic life, and uh, you know people are losing their minds because they <laughs> thought they were terribly important. Right. And now they realize they're just you know one character in a big show. I mean, it's a doom and gloom, but is any of this funny to you? Sure, it's very sure it's funny. Of course, it's funny because the, it's you know the, the struggle to keep up is completely impossible. Yet we get up every day and we try to do it. You know, you try to put your best foot forward and put a fresh, uh, um, put your best face on and step out and try and face take on the world. But it's impossible. It's this constantly morphing monster. Um, you know, doing a sort of Harlem shake in your face every day with <laughs> new crazy batches events and developments. There's no way you can keep up. So, yeah, there's lots of comedy in that. There's lots of comedy in, in in ignoring it and trying to face it. There's comedy in do you get out of bed or not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now I hear that. Well, you've certainly gotten out of bed. You've been on the road with uh, Off the Hook. and uh, How you do you know I'm out of bed? What? You have no idea whether I'm in bed or not. I could be... <laughs> Well, I don't mean this month. bed for four days straight. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are, have you been in bed for four days straight, Dylan? Are you okay? No, I'm on bed. I'm on a bed since you asked. I'm not okay. in the bed, but I'm on the bed. So on the bed. Considering getting back in. <laughs> well, I just mean to say that you've gotten off your arse and toured the world, and you're you're a busy guy. That's all I meant by that. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I have. I got around a lot in the last um, uh, year and a half, and uh, I've, I've I've really enjoyed that. Um, I'm 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 not quite sure what I've learned yet, <laughs> but. Um, well, speaking of what you've learned, I mean, a, I've you, been around the block. 
You're a prolific artist. You're a prolific uh, comedian. What does Off the Hook uh, represent to you in terms of your trajectory? Is there something about this material that you know you've begun to process in terms of what it says about your state of uh, mind and, and your lot in life at the moment? Well, originally when I took this show out, you know, um, and I called it Off the Hook because I was sort of I had been on my own case for a while, feeling like, oh, I've got to do this particular kind of work. I've got to do something that really stands up or is themed or is cohesive and then I was sort of bashing around with that for a while and then I said oh fuck it I don't want to do that so I let myself just go and enjoy it and have fun and that's why I gave the show that name um, so uh, what does it represent well it represents the continuing importance of having a good time with other people for me hmm. it might sound, that might not sound like a very lofty uh, ideal but I, I think I don't think there's anything more worthwhile but is that distinctive from your previous specials and previous, uh, you know, shows? Well, I think it's probably a bit lighter in some ways than, um, than other things I've done. You know, you tend to, you know, I don't really analyze what I do too much. I don't think about it too much. I don't tend to be very reflective about the show because the show is made up of reflections of, you know, what's happening, what's, what's it, what it's like to be alive. So once I'm done trying to get, shake some fun out of that I don't really want to sit around and um, think about you know the show too much because I, I spend a lot of time trying to make it and once I've made it it's, it's a question of feel you know it's like a recipe that was your family have been making for years you make things and then you think oh yeah that feels right that doesn't that's horrible and you just sort of wing it you work it out yeah you mentioned and, feel uh, there it is yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't fuss and finesse okay because what happens is you lose the juice you lose the fun you lose the flavor and savor of the thing too. well you mentioned the feel uh, of it and and not fussing over it does it uh, has it been changing structurally from city to city are you you know living yeah it's totally different i mean to be honest with you this is a uh, it's misnamed at this stage because it's really becoming another show it's sort of well on the way to becoming another show uh, there's little bits of it i might have done possibly the seeds of it in um in canada last time um possibly one or two bits i think but I have to double check that because, you know, once you're on the road and you and I've had gaps as well where I've had time to write when I've been at home, um, you know, you can say it say certain things for so long and then you can't do them anymore. They've they've kind of they're inert. They've they they're not they're not relevant anymore to you. So you move on to something else, um and develop new patterns and New Patterns of Madness, and that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, there's a clip on YouTube, and I don't know if you put this up, but it's basically like off-the-hook outtakes. It's like you you doing a show. Yeah, sh I don't put any of that stuff up. I'm not conversing <laughs> with any of that stuff. <laughs> Have you seen any of it? No, I don't watch. I, do, I hate watching myself. I don't look back. Okay. I don't look back. Ideally, I would live in a world with no mirrors. <laughs> well, I mean, th this what what someone has done, and I don't know. Well, why don't we talk about the experience of doing this? Apparently, you you went back after the tour and did a show of where you just talked about like twenty minutes of stuff or so. At least that's what the clip represents of stuff you didn't include in the show. Why did you feel compelled to do this sort of hidden gems show, if you will, or outtake show? Oh, I think we just wanted to put something else on the DVD. I don't think it was any more. Don't think it was anything more mysterious. No, it was just stuff I forgot. Oh, and we went and put it on the tape. <laughs> you just wanted to do a show of stuff you thought should be there, but you just neglected to do. Yeah, it was no stuff. I really, I literally forgot to do. I forget. I don't do the same things every every time, so I forget that. 
Right. Um, right. And I think, I think, I think we, that was our, our, our butcher shelf floor sweeping. <laughs> well, people try to describe your style and your manner, and you're very sort of self-effacing. You, you, you've been on stage and talked about how you've forgotten what you were going to say <laughs> and sort of made hay of that. Uh, what do you make of other people's assessments of your approach to comedy? Because it's, 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 it's somewhat unconventional on some level. Well, yeah, I'm not from the sort of, um, you know, shiny sort of zinger-slinger school. I don't really come out and um, pop one-liners to the back of the room because I just don't have the, I don't have the wherewithal to do it. I could probably do it for about 17 seconds and then I'd keel over. Mm. Um, I don't know how to do that stuff. I, you know, it's very hard for me to st- step outside and talk analytically about what I do because I don't really want to think about it too much, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not trying to give you an evasive answer, but if I, if, it's like, you know, if you ask the otter or the beaver or the red robin, how do you do what you do? You know, they can't. I couldn't give you an answer any more sophisticated than those guys. Well, neither could... They, 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 no don't, they don't speak English. zero objectivity <laughs> on it. <laughs> I see. Okay, so... But, I mean, structurally, are you going... You know what you're doing when you go out there. I mean... There's this illusion. Yeah, I do and I don't. I do and I, I do and I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, look, the position that we're in right now is, you know, you, there's, there's doubtless something that you're totally excellent at doing that I'm not able to do, you know, whatever it is. Right. Okay. Um, could, do, do you drive? Do I drive a car? Do you drive? Can you drive? Yeah. I can drive, yeah. Okay, well, I can't drive. But if I was to ask you exactly what you're doing when you're driving, while you're driving you might not be able to give me the fullest possible explanation because you'd be doing it. Right, right. It's instinctual. Yeah, it's, it becomes instinctual. So it's kind of, that's where I am. Right. So I'm really, ask me about anything you want that's not about my show, and I can help you out. <laughs> okay. But I can't really explain my show to you. <laughs> okay. All right, here's I, can a... tell, I can tell you that, you know, people, people come and they have a good time, and that's really all I care about. Okay. Um, that's fair. Let's, let's, I'm I... not very good at explaining it. No, no, that's fair. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your your homeland, Ireland, because it's best known for, I think, you, the potato, and the guitarist, the edge. What should the world know about Ireland that it doesn't? Oh, man, that's mean. That's like me saying Canada's just moose and snow and um, you couldn't? Justin Trudeau's pecs. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, that's the stereotype. The, that's what I mean. What that's a, what a, <laughs> is that fair? No, it's not fair. That's why I'm asking. I'm asking you to be, you know, explain the the place to us because I. That's what I. That's what we know. That's all the world knows about that place. Well, when I, it's a different place to where when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was you know it was all the same. Everybody looked and sounded the same. It was full of white Catholics and nobody else. And now it's um, pretty much nobody else. And now it's a sophisticated, cosmopolitan, European city. Dublin, you know, and the indeed, indeed the country is. It's got people from all over Eastern Europe, from Africa, from Asia, you name it, um, including, you know, um, Canada and America. I mean, people come from all over to Ireland. It's a much more interesting, various, and uh, stimulating place than when I was a kid, I think. Okay. And you're, you're touring in Canada? I mean, the, thi- the, thing, uh, the thing, when people say, what do you miss about Ireland, the, thing I, the, the, the main thing I miss is, is, is kind of the syntax. Is the way people talk, is the kind of habits of speech, is the roundabout, indirect nature of talking, and how people can sort of manage to uh, create a lot of fun and make you forget the passing of time with just, 
just as talk in a way that it's it's less uh, information led than I find the way people use language in in Britain or even you know other English speaking places. I, 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 people talk for the pleasure of talking in Ireland. Sometimes it seems ridiculous, and sometimes it's great fun. Okay. Well, I wish we had more time to get into that, but we we are running out of time. So let me just quickly ask you a little bit about your take on Canada. You mentioned Justin Trudeau's pecs and a moose and some snow. I mean, you're touring uh, pretty extensively in Canada, many, many shows here. Well, what do you make of our great white north as it's... Maybe we should change that as a name these days. But, uh, great white north. Maybe you should think about it. Yeah. Maybe you should think about it. Uh, it's... Uh, well, you know, I've holidayed a little in Canada with my family um, in British Columbia, and it's, um, you know, spectacular and incredibly beautiful and sweeping and epic and majestic. And um, and it sort of feels like it's, it's, in a way, it feels like, you know, one of, one of the world's biggest secrets. I don't think that many people know about Canada. I don't know how much tourism you get there, but it feels like it's just one of the last great stretches of raw nature you know hmm. in lots of different directions that you look uh, it's just it's just a wonderful place so I'm I can't wait to be there excellent and and I know you live in the moment kind of guy but do you have a what's next plan after this tour do you know what you're doing well I'm going to be checking myself for parts at the end of this tour because it's pretty pretty it's a pretty uh, intense bone shaker of a tour we are all over the map in Canada and America in the space of a month so I really will be just checking my pulse and uh, if everything's <laughs> cold as well I'm going to lie down Nice. I think that's well-deserved. Well, once again, Dylan Morin brings us off the hook tour to North America, including stops in Toronto on October 14th, Ottawa on October 15th, Halifax on October 17th, Calgary on October 30th, and Vancouver on November 2nd, and Victoria on November 3rd. That's a lot of the country. Dylan, thank you for visiting uh, Canada and making plans to come here. For more information, people can visit dylanmorin.com. And Dylan, this was a, a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for it, and best of luck with everything. Thanks a lot, Rich. Take care. Special thanks again to Dylan Morin for being on the show to talk about his life and his work. He's a very funny and thoughtful and smart man, and he's playing all over Canada, as I mentioned. So, yeah, go see Dylan Morin. Check him out online. He's not going to check himself out, clearly, but you can check him out. Why not? You should do it. Hey, this is the 283rd episode of Creative Control of Vish Khanna, and if you want to learn more about the show, you can go to vishkhanna.com. There you will figure out how you can listen to the show on iTunes and audioboom.com. And also on my site, you can find every archived episode of the program. We're on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Vish Creative. I'm on Twitter, at Vish Khanna. And a version of this show airs every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, courtesy of CFRU.ca around the world. Or if you're in the area, at CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph. Speaking of Guelph... The show would not exist if it weren't for The Bookshelf, which is a movie theater, a bar, a restaurant, a bookstore, a music venue. They do it all. They are a cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information about their blogs, listings, directions, accessibility, and much more. Also, Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in Guelph, Ontario. Some might say in all of Ontario. I might say it. I might. Maybe I just did. You'll never know. Pizza Trocadero is great. Gourmet pizzas. You can make whatever you want. They've got stuff in mind, but you can do what you want there. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street 
in person or online at trocaderoguelph.ca. All right, that's it for me. I will talk to you very soon. Goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.